We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. Today we get to jump in and listen to our July breakfast with Pastor Marty Sloan. Let's tune in and listen to his message to the Brotherhood. Hey, good morning, guys. You guys good? Are you guys good? Come on, who's good? Are you good? Come on. Are you good? Wake up. Man, it's so good to see you guys. Love uh, this church. Uh, love the George family, Pastor Willie, Pastor Witt. What a great team here, and just thankful for the connection for going on 15 plus years, and so just want to say honor to this house and for all the relationships that have fostered from this community. And today, uh, Lee said to take my time, take my liberties, so we'll be a couple hours um, together, so be sure to get plenty of bacon. But I was thinking about the idea of being a man uh, living a different life. The culture is always trying to pull us into a stream of, of, of identity with everybody else, and yet God has built within each of us something that makes us able to kind of stand a bit different uh, from other people typically. And so I thought, thought about that in the context of today's conversation, and so I want to give you a few thoughts today about this simple idea about living a different life, a different person, a different man, what it means to live out a different journey, and because God has literally placed inside of you and I the power to be just that. And so today, I want to do that with you. Before we do that, though, let's just take three seconds and turn to somebody to your left or your right and simply ask the question, say, say real fast, say, what are you going to do today that's different than yesterday? Come on, just ask the question, what are you going to do today that's different than yesterday? Did you get a good answer? So when you think about it, every day is a chance to be somewhat of a different day, right? Different person. So let's think about this real fast. First of all, I want to give you a couple of thoughts. First of all, we are called by God. You're called by God. You're chosen. You're, you're set apart for a purpose. Every life here today is distinct and unique and divinely designed. Everybody here is different. And that's the beauty of God's creation. God himself is so vast that when he decided to display himself through humanity, through the Imago Dei, he began to manifest across each of us different attributes. Some of us are white, some of us are black, some are brown, some are tall, some are short, some are skinny, some are wide. Today, some of us are really smart, some of us are, are athletic. And so we realize that we're all different. When you think about it, we're all called and divinely placed by God. In fact, in John 15, Jesus called the disciples. He said, guys, you didn't choose me. I chose you. So think about this today. As you live out your life, live a life that identifies as one that is called and chosen by God. You have a purpose. And maybe today you're even not really a believer in God. You came with a friend because they offered free breakfast. And that's okay. Your drawing in your spirit is a God conversation. God himself is still pulling at you because God fashioned you and God made you. And deep inside of even those who run from God is a general sense that something 
in me has something calling to me. And we're fashioned by the Almighty God, and you're created by him today. And so even if you're running away from God, there's a part of your person on the inside that is simply always going to remind you that God himself is present. God is real, and God is always waiting for you. God's looking for you. Genesis chapter 3, we see this idea that God is walking, looking for mankind. He's looking for Adam and Eve. He'd walk with them every day, and then one day he goes walking, and they're not there to be found. And what happened was they'd fall into the trap of sin. And so we realize that in that moment, we see the picture that they weren't searching for God. God's searching for them. God's a searching kind of God. He's a, he's a search and rescue kind of God. So today in this house, if you're here and even walking away from God, know this, that you have a God that loves you even right now, just as you are, but he won't leave you where you are. He will take you to a much better place because he is calling you and choosing you right now because God still loves you. How many thank God for God's love today in this place? God still loves you right now. So first of all, we are, we are called, we are chosen by God. Second of all, we're consecrated. The Bible gives this picture of consecration for us throughout the scriptures. And one of the pictures early on is in the topic of the sacrifice or the tithe. But the idea behind this is that God's the source of everything. And so when God says set something apart, we want to consecrate that back to God. You're to live a consecrated life. We cannot live a called life and, and live a life that looks like everybody else. We have to live a chosen life, but also a consecrated life, a life set apart. Today, I want to challenge you, live a life that's set apart in every aspect, in your words, in your eyes, in your hands, in your feet. Everything about you, let that live out differently than the guy next to you. Choose to live a different life. If you've ever watched anybody who's excelled at anything in life, business, athletics, anything of that sort, they've had to live a different life than those who just wanted to be on the team. They've had to live a different way of everything from diet to exercise, this or that. They've had to choose to live a consecrated life. And today we need to be the same because if we're going to live a life that's called and chosen, we have to live a life that's consecrated, a life set apart. We can't do everything everybody else does when you're called by a God who says, be different. The culture likes us all to line up the same. The culture likes us all to kind of get in the river of, of the norms. But today I want to challenge you guys in this house at Brotherhood to, to not be afraid to live a life that stands a little bit apart. It's okay if you don't laugh at the joke everybody else laughs at. It's okay if you don't choose to go the path everybody else chooses to go on. I remember years ago I was in the gym and I was working out with a buddy of mine. I go to the gym because I eat a lot. And so we're working out. And, and he's standing there and... He's a, he's a friend, and, and he starts communicating with this girl to the left of him in the gym at the, at the curl rack, and, 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 and they're working out, and he's curling, and she's curling, and they start talking, and he makes a few comments to her that I could hear. I wasn't eavesdropping. I was minding my own business, lifting weights. I could see all this, and I could hear it, and he made a few comments that I thought were not okay. And so when he kind of set the dumbbells down and walked away, I said, hey, do you think your wife would want to know you just said that? And the guy turned multiple shades of red and just blood drained out. I said, bro, you can't do that. Got super quiet, super awkward. I mean, what's the worst he's going to do to me? Leave? He can't beat me up. I knew that before I said anything to the guy. So I, I, I did the math. So, you know, protective evangelism, right? Know the math before you speak up, I guess. But I did that as a friend because he's a friend. and It was family. And I, and I knew that in that conversation, he may have not realized it, but he is opening, a, he's cracking a door that has a serpent on the other side. And for him, it may have been just casual, it may not have been, I'm not sure, I'm not judging the guy's intent, 
But I know what I heard, and I know that what I heard was a doorway he did not want to walk through because once you walk through, through the vipers of sin, it can bring you in super fast. And many people today have found themselves in a place that they never thought they'd be in because of a conversation they just should have never had. So choose to live a consecrated life. Live differently than somebody else. Here's a third thought for you today. Be mindful of the consumptions of life. The scripture gives us this picture about be not consumed with wine, but be filled with the spirit. And the, the picture there is not about wine, but about the contrast of a different source that controls your life. We live today in a consumption-driven society. Consumption, from addictions to even good things. I mean, there's people that do good things that consume them, and they lose their family and friends because of this stuff. They're not a bad thing by themselves, but they become a difficult thing because they consume them. And so the scripture here gives this picture, if you're going to be consumed by anything, make sure it's the Spirit of God. Make sure that what fills your life and overflows and controls your life and dictates your next step, make sure what comes out of you more than anything else is the idea that God's Spirit is filling you daily and that he's consuming you and that because of the consumption of God's Spirit in your soul, you're choosing to live out a life that glorifies him differently. But so many things every day, guys, try to consume us. Money, addictions, careers, fame, the list goes on. We're consumed by, 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 by goals, objectives, and so forth. And some of that certainly is good stuff, but don't let it overtake you. Because if you're going to live a life that's called and chosen and a life that's consecrated, you can't live a life consumed by the wrong things. Let God's spirit Let his word, let his church, let his call, let his mission, let that be what consumes you, not the other things, the things that are perishable. Be consumed by the eternal, not just the temporal. Be consumed by things that matter, things that are eternal, things that go on beyond this life. Be consumed by the things of God. Let prayer consume you. Has anybody here ever found themselves in a place where you couldn't leave the house because you're praying too much? Or because you're reading the word too much? Yet there's many areas of our life in which other things consume us and take us off God's pattern, God's plan, and they end up hurting us in the end. If we're going to live a called life and a chosen life and a consecrated life, we've got to be careful what consumes us. Let the passion of God be what drives your soul and consumes you every day in this thing called life. Here's two more things for you. Almost done. You guys are here. Say yes. Lee said, take 30 minutes. I said, Lee, that's way too long with bacon on their stomachs. They'll never make it 30 minutes. If we're going to be called, if we're going to be chosen by God, if we're going to be consecrated, if we're going to control the consumption that comes into our life, and again, some things that consume us can be even helpful things, but we can make them bad things. Um, my, my, my youngest son just started playing golf, and um, if you're a golfer, you understand there's a consumption factor in the game of golf, because you're always convinced the next shot's the best shot, and the next round is the best round, so you kind of keep going back, and you keep falling the same, same pit every day. But he texts me, he goes, Dad, I stopped by the golf course and hit some balls after work today. Like, he's, he's just into this thing for about three weeks, and now it's every day he's at the golf course hitting balls. And I'm like, well, this is great, and, and it's, it's a good thing to be out doing something. I'm for it, and I, I'm proud of you. Way to go, son. I love it. If you guys are a golfer, you appreciate that kind of conviction. How many golfers I got in the house today? Who's my golfers? All right, you guys are awesome out there. I stopped golfing in Arkansas because it was too hot. I lived there 15 years. I never golfed in summer because it was just too hot. And so I complain about the heat if you guys know that. I hate being hot. I like the cold of the north. 
But he said, Dad, I've been hitting balls every day. I'm getting better, better. But I'm like, this is awesome. But I'm watching a pattern that is good. But at some point, you may have to say, I can't do this every day because it's consuming me. So if we're going to live a life called, a life chosen, a life consecrated, we've got to make a choice to live a committed life. I want to challenge you guys, live committed. Now, I know you're saying, hey, man, we are here at 6.30 on Friday morning. We're committed people. Well, that's certainly possible, and I love that about this. This is an amazing room. If you guys could just see my room right now, the view of my room, the room I see right now, this is an amazing thing to see this many men this time of the day gathered to talk about Jesus, have fellowship, and be connected. This is an awesome moment. If I could just, if I could bring you here real fast, you could see this, you'd go, wow. In fact, let's just go, wow. One, two, three, wow. I mean, it's amazing, really. This is commitment, choosing a pattern that happens time and time again. Don't let boredom of patterns hinder you. Patterns are beneficial. Patterns help us grow. Patterns help us build rhythm. Patterns give us memory. Patterns develop uh, habits that are good for us, and we need some patterns. Commitment's critical. In fact, in the scripture, there's this, there's this conversation where Jesus is talking to guy, and the guy says, hey, I, I, gotta, go, I gotta go do a funeral deal. I gotta bury somebody. And Jesus says, ah, let the dead bury the dead. Now, when we first hear that, we say, man, that's so abrupt. But the idea there that we're looking at is not an abruptness or indifference to pain and sorrow, but the idea that there are things that matter most and following takes a commitment level that may take some sacrifice. Don't be afraid to make the sacrifice to commit at a deeper level in your journey with God. Don't be afraid to lean in deeper. No matter where you're at today with God, with your local church, you can take another step somewhere in your life because we're humans always on progression. And so when you think about this, no matter where you're serving, where, where you're engaged at COTM or if, you're, if you are at all, take another step one inch closer tomorrow than you did yesterday. In fact, I asked you the question to start off the conversation by asking your friends, hey, what are you going to do today that's different than yesterday? And my prayer for everyone here is that what you're going to do today different than yesterday is you'll take one step closer to God today compared to yesterday. That might be one more moment in prayer. That might be one more time, one more moment in scripture. That may be one more time serving your church. That may be uh, begin to honor God with tithe and offering. That may be supporting Love Day. That may be this, that may be that. I don't know what your step is, but take one step closer to God today compared to yesterday. And if you do that every day, that's a commitment pattern. And now you're living this life unique and different, which affirms the idea of being called being chosen, being consecrated, and not consumed, but now you're committed. Last thing is this right here. Don't be afraid to be convicted. The Holy Spirit is the great convictor of sin in my life. It's, it's a voice that comes. It's a small voice. It's, it's a subtle voice. It's a hint. It's a nudge. It's an affirmation. It's somebody's look. It's, if you remember this as a kid growing up and you, and you would catch the eye of your parent just before you did something dumb and your parent saw you about to do it, they would give you a certain look. And you knew that they knew what you were about to do. And the conviction of that look quickened you just enough to make a decision. Now, maybe you're like some and you went, I'm doing it anyway. I'm going in. Or maybe you saw the look and thought, uh-oh, I better change. Why is it we reject the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Why do we push away from that? Why do we push away from the nudge of the Spirit of God that comes in and says, ah, no, no, don't, 
And see, the more you push away from that nudge, the less you hear that nudge and the less you hear that spirit. But the moment you hear that nudge or sense that nudge or sense that presence, or I, I, I love this, when you come to church and the preacher preaches something you don't like, don't get mad, get glad. Now, assuming it's in the Bible, that's important too. <laughs> but when the preacher opens the word of God and you disagree, that's okay. That's when you go, okay, God, I don't like that. I don't agree with that, but I can see what he just said in your word. Speak to me. What you're dealing with right there is a clash of natures, divine nature and your nature. And it's okay to hear that and not like it, but don't reject it because the truth of God's word will indeed set you free in your life. So when you hear that sense and that spirit speaking to you, that, that conviction, either revelation of God's word, that conviction of don't commit that sin or don't do that or don't step there, or don't go there, or don't look there, or don't talk to that person, don't do this, don't do that. When you sense that convicting power, don't be upset. Don't push back. Go, thank you, God, for loving me so much. You're going to keep me from myself. You're going to keep me out of the depths of my sin nature. Thank you, God, for caring enough about me to send your spirit to speak to me. And I'm telling you this right now. If you'll heed that voice, it will save you. If you ignore that voice, time and again, you'll stop hearing that voice. And it'll take you on a path of destruction. Many people have found themselves in a place they never thought they'd be because they kept ignoring the voice that they knew was the Spirit of God. I thank God today that his Spirit still today is on the earth, convicting not just you, but even me. Attitudes, actions, behaviors. We, we, we've all been there. We've all sensed it. Don't, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't look at that. Don't say that. We've, if you've not had that, then you've done missed it because I'm telling you it's happening because this world comes at you full bore and every day the devil's trying to attack us. That's the nature of the devil. And so we understand that we have a God who loves us, but God speaks to us through his spirit. So today, if you're going to live a life that's called, chosen, a life that's consecrated, a life that's set apart, a life that is decision-oriented and consumption. Don't be consumed by the wrong things. Be, be filled with the right things. Be consumed by the fervor of the things of God. Let God's spirit fill you up so much that you have such a passion for his word, his way, his will, his church, his body. Let that consume you. Let your family, let, let the things that matter, the things that are valuable to eternity come and can take over the space of your hearts. And live a committed life. Don't be afraid to set good patterns. This is a great pattern. Just commit. I'm going to do this every time they have brotherhood. I'm there. I'm going to do their events. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to hang with guys that want to hear that small voice talking. See, when you get in a room like this and get enough safety around campfires on the, on the mountain hikes, which Lee's mentioned the mountain hikes. I'm like, Lee, do I look like, I, like a guy who hikes mountains? Just look at me real fast. Look at the mountain. Look at me. I don't hike mountains. Lee is built for mountains. I am not built for mountains. I'm built for buffets. <laughs> when you get a space like this and you get other guys who hear the small voice, the conviction power, man, the purity amongst the group begins to increase because we're living authentically, living transparently, living open-handed and open-hearted.
And in that community is a safe place to go. The scripture gives this picture of confess yourselves, your faults to one another. Just share. Now, I know that for some that's unique because on one hand, our world today shares way too much information. Thanks to social media, we have way too much information flying around. People post everything in their life. And so we have this dilemma in that we're sharing the wrong stuff, but don't find a place to share the necessary stuff. So I want to encourage you with this still small voice, don't be afraid to build a community of guys who also hear that voice, who can also come in and say, man, I, I, I was going to do this today, and that voice spoke to me. Why is this important? Because this goes back to living a called and chosen life. If we're going to live a called life and a chosen life, we've got to hear the voice of God. Because he's the one that has the plan for your life. He's the one that has the pattern for your life. And he's the one you want to follow every day of your life. Because only he knows what's best for your life. The idea that I can run my life is unique because the best thing I can do by myself is ruin my life. But if I give my life to God and say, God, let your spirit guide me every day through your wisdom, through your will, through your word, in that moment, I'm now living the best life possible. I challenge you today, guys. Don't forget, God's called you. God's chosen you. And again, maybe you're here today at the invitation of a friend. Maybe you just came out because someone said, come to breakfast, and you're like, what's all this church vibe? What's going on here? What am I doing? I just want a bacon. It's okay. It's okay. Everybody here at some point had to hear the voice of God. Everybody here at some point had to feel the sense of his spirit drawing on them. Everybody here today has had to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. In fact, before I close, I want to give you a chance to do that just here this morning. I want to give you a chance to sense something different in your spirit right now and make a decision. I'm going to, I'm going to choose this Jesus followership conversation. I don't know what it all means. Guys, there's so much we do every day that we don't know what it means. If you're married, you don't know what it means. You don't know if she's hungry or mad. You're not for sure. It's a fine line some days. It's like, is she, is she mad? What did I do? We do all kinds of stuff we don't fully understand. Why, why reject God? Because you don't fully understand everything. It's a journey. It's a journey of discovery. In fact, I've been studying this my whole life. I've been a believer for the majority of my life. Got saved as a young child, raised in a pastor's home, in the ministry myself. And so I've been around church my whole life. I've got tons of questions still. I got lots I'm discovering even right now because God's infinite. I don't have a corner on God. I'm learning every day. I'm growing and his spirit is drawing me and guiding me. So today in this house, I want to give you a chance right now to make a decision to step into that calling and that choosing God's place upon your life today. And so in a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to put your hand up high and say, Marty, that's me. I want to follow Jesus today. So I'm going to ask you to do right now. Just say, I'm going to follow Jesus, and then we'll follow from there. But just today in this house, if you're here and say, Marty, I, I, I need to live a different life. You're probably thinking, I've been to church before. You're supposed to have everybody bow their head, right? No, we're, we're going to be different today. You're supposed to get this mood set, aren't you? No. Just make a decision. Answer your phone. That's God calling you right now. Somebody just got their phone call from God. But today, if you're here and you say, Marty, I want to I wanna choose to follow Jesus, I'm going to count the three real fast. Just put your hand as high as you can. One, two, 
three. Hand as high as you can right now. Thank you, sir. Right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Anybody else? 11, 12, 13, 14. Anybody else? 15. Anybody else? I'm going to pray with you right now. All of us, are going to, we're going to all pray together. A very simple prayer of faith. If you put your hand up high, there's 15 hands up. I just counted 15. If you put your hand up high, this prayer is for you. If you did not, but you should have, this prayer is for you too. Let's pray the prayer of faith right now. You guys ready to pray? Say yes. Come on, say, Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. I confess today that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And today I announce you as the risen Son of God, my Savior, and my Lord. In your name I pray, amen. Let's just thank God for every hand raised today. Just before Lee, just before Lee takes back over, guys, don't forget you're called. Don't forget God chose you. Don't forget to live a life that's consecrated. Don't forget to live a life that is void of the wrong things and consumed by the right things. Don't forget to live a committed life. And don't forget that when the Holy Spirit convicts, put your hand to heaven and say, God, thank you for loving me so much today that you kept me from myself. I don't know about you. I need God's Spirit to keep me from me because I got some me God's still working on. And the good news is God loves me and God loves you while he works on us at the same time. I love you guys, love brotherhood, love this church so very much. I thank God for the chance just to spend a few moments with you guys today. May God bless you today and may you walk a life that's different.